Welcome to From the Medium, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of our times, the pro-life movement. You are listening to us on AM 1220 The Word or 1440 The Word, and you can also listen to us every evening on the web, whkwradio.com, or you can go to our um, website from the median after the fact, uh, probably within about 10 or 12 hours or at least 12 hours because uh, turning it around is, is always a, um, a little bit of a challenge for us, but that we, we normally have our programs up within about um, uh, 12 hours of, of, of airing. So if you would like to go to the website, you can download this program or any other previous program that you've heard and you would like to listen to. Um, I am sort of speaking with a little bit of a trying to get trying to get over a little bit of a um, a cough and a, a a sort of cold here because I've been standing outside for the for the past little while in the cold with our youth for, in Cleveland here in the downtown public square. We had a group of youth that came out and um, stood in in the freezing freezing cold. Anybody that's in uh, the Midwest or the East Coast knows how cold it's been um, in this part of the country. And we had about fifty young people that came out today, stood with us on the square. Um, small but mighty. The noise that they made was absolutely phenomenal. The talks that they gave were f- f- out. Just unbelievable, unbelievably hopeful. When I listened to these young people today talking to us and giving us their message, I really felt that for all of those that are my age and and older who've been fighting this fight for so long, there was so much hope in the message that they gave. One young lady was uh, probably in elementary school and, and just got up there and spoke from her heart and uh, she was adopted and just spoke about, uh, you know, the, the courage and and the fortitude of her birth mother and you know the joy that she has with her parents so i think i think we've got lots to be thankful for on this uh, anniversary of roe v wade i think we've got um a lot of work ahead of us i i'm not for one moment um downplaying what has to happen in the next in the next year let's hope that by by this time next year we've been hoping this every single year um, that Roe v. Wade will have been overturned. However, even if it's not, what we do see is our young people are recognizing the incredible um, dignity of all human life. This, All those little ones who've died as a result of abortion, all those mothers and fathers who are suffering because of, um, because of, because of they have aborted their children, who are now healing, we, we offer you all our prayers. We really do. We, we stand with you. We want you to know that there's always help out there. Please just go to our, our post-abortive uh, ministries that are out there. Find them in your in your phone book, wherever you are. There's some in every single small community we are able to help you. Um, but, but I think one of the big things that I think we've got to remember is that it, 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 this will all be in God's timing. God will take the t- – he will use us in this moment, at, at this time, to do his will if we turn to him. 
Um, having said all that, we had hoped to, together with our, our wonderful guest who's joining us from, from the West Coast this evening, we had hoped to intersperse some of, some of the, her discussion with some of the, um, speeches that were given today on Public Square in the freezing cold. I think it was 15 degrees or, oh, I think when I got up this morning, it was actually five degrees here. Um, with an incredible wind chill. It was so cold out there, but they stood up and they gave, we probably had about 10 people who gave, 10 young people gave speeches. Unfortunately, our recorder froze. And so we got about the first 30 seconds of, of, of the speeches and then the recorder died because it's battery operated and it just really could not cope. So all of those young people who were hoping to listen to, to, to your speeches tonight, we will get you to come into the studio and we will do it here with you. Well, certainly people will hear your speeches and, and, and your, your messages of hope to everybody. But unfortunately we can't play them today because as I say, the recorder froze. So without further ado, I want to, um, introduce you to a wonderful young lady who is a senior at Thomas Aquinas College in Santa Paula, California. She has very, very kindly um, agreed to come on the program with us this evening and talk about um, her, the pro-life movement from her perspective. Her name is Sarah Dufresne. Did I get that right, Sarah? That's right. Ah, wonderful. Welcome, welcome, welcome to From the Medium. It's so great to have you with us. Thank you so much, Molly. What a great opportunity. Thank you so much. You're quite welcome. Now, I know that um, some of your, um, at the, some of the administrators at your school have been so kind in working with me. And Forsyth has been just wonderful, just trying to get people together and, you know, working with our time differences here and doing all of that kind of stuff. So it's, it's great to, to at last being able to work this out and to have you with us. Tell us a little bit about who Sarah Dufresne is. Well, um, I grew up in Ventura, California, here on the West Coast. I, I definitely don't envy your, your weather out there. I'm, I'm sitting in about 78 degrees and, and uh, clear skies. Um, but I've been born and raised in, in California and um, definitely seen the pro-life movement from uh, the West Coast. I am a senior here at the college um, studying theology and philosophy and other liberal arts. And um, I just probably one of the biggest the biggest things that that makes me who I am is um, being raised in a in a Catholic family and a conservative family um, that from the very beginning encouraged and taught um, respect for life yeah, from the moment of conception to natural death. Um, that's probably been honestly one of the biggest things that def- that's defined my life in the way that I've um, experienced the world with that with that view of of life, especially the unborn. Yeah, yeah. That they have. You know, one of the things, Sarah, that I, that I saw today when I was with, with these young people is the importance of family because so many of the students spoke about their family mm-hmm. and, and how this, you know, how it passes on from, from generation to generation. And it sounds like that's also happened within your family. It has, Molly. And it's something that I'm very, very blessed to and very, very thankful for. Um, you know, the family really is the structure of, of society and you look to the family. For the way in which the culture and the society is, is going to be acting, and so strong families um, build strong, strong societies, and and I think that's one of the things we can be very proud of um, within the pro pro life movement is is the strength that exists in our families, the love that a mother and a father have for their children, and and that love is perpetuated, you know, through the children's lives to the people and souls that they meet as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that mm-hmm. sort of strength is something to be very very thankful for. I think. 
Who would you say, um, outside of the family, uh, Sarah, who would you say was, was one of the big influences in your life to help you to really strengthen and, and have that, you know, that, that strength that you need to, to, to fight this battle? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, I have had some very, very influential teachers in high school um, that through, through, through the way that they taught in the classroom, through the way that they dignified um, each and every student, um, that was a witness to me. How do, you, how do you treat the person in front of you with respect and with dignity? Um, in terms of, of pro-life um, kind of formation, um, my friend Catherine Wirtz, she works with an organization called Justice for All um, that travels to different colleges across the country and trains college students how to have dialogue on abortion. Um, she was probably the most formative for me um, as it pertains to my work when, in the pro-life movement. Um, again, how to, she really taught me how to delight in, in the other person, delight in the pregnant woman that's scared, that's fearful in front of you, um, delight in her first and remember that she is carrying another creation, a delightful child of God. Um, so she, she definitely formed, I think, that sort of mentality and that sort of spirit um, for me. And that was hugely, hugely influential for me. Unbelievable. So, and it's, it, this is, and this group is called Justice for All. Yes. I'm yes. just trying to see if I can find them and get them on the program. I'd love to listen to, to, to hear some more about them because that this is exactly what we need to do is to be able to, to empower young people to be able to speak out about, about what they're seeing and about the injustice. I mean, you know, let's face it, it the whole, the whole issue, the whole tragedy of abortion is because of injustice. Yes. Yes. No matter which way you look at it and no matter what you, how you try to, to, to sort of mix it and shake it up and it all comes down to injustice. So that's an, mm-hmm. an it's an incredible, um, name for an organization called Justice for All. That, that's great. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know that's, that many young people were also very, very, very influenced by Pope John Paul II. Did he yeah. play any part in what you were, you know, and how you, formed your, your opinions and, and, and um, you know, how, how you grew into this whole movement? Yes, Molly, thank you for, thank you for asking, asking that. John Paul II has been um, hugely influential for me in my life as a Catholic and also as someone trying to live a pro-life life, if you can, if you can accept that. Um, John Paul II was really the model of what I think true leadership should look like the sort of leadership that's rooted in the Lord, rooted in prayer. And I, um, one of the things that I, I love about John Paul II is his ability to address the youth, his ability to be present to an audience of thousands and upon thousands, many of which are young people. Um, he had a way, I think, of, of speaking into their hearts, speaking into their struggles, speaking into their joys. Um, one of the things that he said that really... Um, kind of has been ingrained in my mind and my heart is, is his call to, to go out into the streets. Um, he said, do not be afraid to go out into the streets um, in the way that Christ and his disciples were in the streets of, of Galilee, of Capernaum, all of the places in the Bible. Um, be not afraid. It was one of his biggest messages. And that has definitely influenced my, I think, efforts within the pro-life movement. Um, we cannot be fearful because we know who is ultimately victorious. And, and John Paul II really um, modeled that yeah. for us and for me also on a personal level. We are talking to Sarah Dufresne. She is a senior at Thomas Aquinas College in Santa Paula, California. We'll be back with her right after this short break.
Welcome back to From the Media, and I'm Molly Smith, your host. Uh, this evening, we have joining us a, a young student from uh, who's a senior at uh, Thomas Aquinas College in Santa Paula, California. Um, Sarah Dufresne is joining us to to give us a perspective from a from a youth uh, viewpoint, so to speak, um, as we as we remember. On, on this anniversary of Roe v. Wade, we remember all of the young children and, and the young people who who are, are missing out of her generation and many of the generations before hers and after us. With, on this 41st anniversary of Roe v. Wade, it's very important for us to just sit back and think about what has happened here. How did all of this happen? Um, what are we going to do in order to be able to fix it? And, you, you know... Where do we see the future going and what better place to do this than to look at it from the eyes of um, the next generation coming up who will be our next leaders? Which brings me to my next question for Sarah. Sarah, um, you are at a wonderful college and I know a little bit about um, Thomas Aquinas because I have to be uh, in full disclosure. I have a cousin <laughs> who's who sent all of her children to Thomas Aquinas, they their Canadians live on the on the west coast, um, in in, in Vancouver, and um, I think at, at least two of her children went to Thomas Aquinas, and just just are phenomenal leaders, um, Christian leaders now today in 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 their worlds and in you know what with what they're doing. Um, so I've always had a little soft spot for Thomas Aquinas College. I think it's it's a great place. Um, <laughs> but what do you, th- you know, the, you have, I, I'm reading some of the, something that you had put together about, uh, who you are and, 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 you know, how important it is for you to, to reflect, uh, the love of God. And, um, you talk about what happens at Thomas Aquinas and how this is helping. Can you give my listeners here in, uh, um, here in the Midwest, a little bit of a feel about what it is that's so special about Thomas Aquinas. I think Thomas Aquinas College um, is unique for a number of reasons, but um, one of the things that stands out in my mind and, and one of the things that I've been reflecting on, um, especially as a senior, you know, having been here for, for four years, almost done, um, <clears throat> is really the the art and the, the grace that comes with having conversations. Um, all of the classes at Thomas Aquinas College are facilitated by a professor. Um, we call them tutors here at the college, um, and we study the great we study the great books. So, by that I mean we study the first sources. So we, instead of reading a commentary on someone's thoughts about what they think about Aristotle, we study Aristotle himself. We study Saint Thomas, his 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 primary works. Um, and so I think part of what I've really learned, and part of what the college really instills, is a um, a practice and also a love for having good conversations. Um, all of the classes have 15 to 16 students, and we learn by way of dialogue. Uh, the phrase we use is by way of the Socratic method. So the professor will ask an opening question, and the conversation will ensue. Um, so I think what this really fosters in, in the life of the student is active listening, um, the ability to ask very good questions, um, to find common ground, and to really learn how to dignify uh, the person who's possibly presenting an opposing argument um, from your argument. Um, so, and, and that, that just has to do with the, the educational aspect of the college. Um, another thing that's very unique about the college is, is its rich um, Catholic life. Many people that come here are 
um, Catholic or Christian or Protestant. Um, and so there's a, there's, there's something, um, that is quite a gift. I think about the education is because we studied under the light of faith. So we believe that, that reason and faith, um, complement each other mm-hmm. and that they should not be, um, held in isolation. Mm-hmm. And if it's true that reason and faith should inform the heart and mind of man, then we should study, we should be educated, um, with those two joined, um, so I think that's one of the one couple of things that that make Thomas Aquinas College different from other um, institutions. Um, wow, wow, it's it's amazing. You know, it, just listening to you talk like that and being able to explain all that, you know, it, it again. I cannot say enough. I I am so at this point in time so hopeful for the future because I see so many of these young people, of you young people, just stepping up and 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 really understanding what we're fighting you know for a while and i you know my generation it all happened during our generation and many of us took for granted a lot of the the education that that was there for us but you know sort of abused it in many ways so it's so great to to have you do this when what what are the are the um plans for this the west coast to to remember roe v wade well um on the West Coast, especially Southern California, we have a big, a big um, effort. Um, just speaking more particularly about Thomas Aquinas College, um, we're heading up to the West Coast Walk for Life, which takes place every year in San Francisco, California. Um, definitely a city to witness in, and and something that's become a tradition um, here at the college. On um, we head up on Friday, and we return on Sunday. We have over 200, 200 students this year heading up to the Walk for Life. Um, and basically just a, a brief rundown of, of that day. Um, I think it's one that's really marked by joy. We join 50,000 plus um, pro-life people walking through the streets of San Francisco. And, um, you know, we're witnessing in, in the streets as Christ, as John Paul II, as many of the saints have called us to do, witnessing to the culture of life. And, I think one of the biggest things that the, the, the directors of the Walk for Life and, and all of the people in, involved, um, one of the biggest witnesses can, is our joy. Um, we are joyful because we know that Christ is victorious and we know that um, the unborn um, have a place in, 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 in his heart. Um, one of the biggest things that, that I think we as Christians and even as rational people, we can, we can rejoice in the truth that is before us. Um, so, you know, we're joining, we're joining youth, youth groups, we're joining um, larger corporations, we're joining other colleges that come from um, across the country for this West Coast Walk for Life. And it's quite an opportunity to, to head up there. And it, it really becomes a pilgrimage for us. You know, it's a, it's a good seven, eight-hour drive up to San Francisco. And, and that idea of, of pilgrimage, journeying to a spot to witness for a cause, is really what the weekend's about. Um, it, it, there are parts of it that are fun. You know, we laugh, we enjoy the bus ride up, but we're there for a, a very somber um, cause, but that shouldn't negate our joy. You know, we are joyful in, in the truth that we're, that we're witnessing too. Wow. That is, that, that's put it so well, because I think this is exactly the thing. I, one of the things that I, that I see in, um, in the events that we that we organise, certainly here here in, in the Cleveland area in, in northeast Ohio, is I do I, we'll see the opposition do something, and you know, oftentimes, and and this is not to make a judgment. This is just mm-hmm. the observations that you get. There's 
there's a lot of angst, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of, you know, um, sort of uh, incredible sort of discord that goes on. And um, and yet then, uh, then we have something like we had to down our square. You know, it, it's just it, these kids, were. it was so amazing. You are so right. There was so much happiness on the square as these kids at the same time addressed this issue that is so sad, mm-hmm. but but they addressed it because they understand that at the, in the end we have won the war. You know, yeah. we've won it. We, we, these are battles that may be going on, but in the end we have won it. We are talking to Sarah Dufresne, from, uh, who is a senior at Thomas Aquinas College in Santa Paula, California. If you'd like to know more about this college, please just go on online and have a look, look it up. Um, it's uh, Thomas Aquinas College and by the, when I come back after this short break I will give you the website and I'll have Sarah give you the website and the contact information so that you can certainly um, get more information about it as you can hear um, the students that are coming out of this little small college in, in, in California are just phenomenal absolutely phenomenal a, a real example of what Sarah said putting faith and reason together and then going forward and leading with that. We'll be back with you after this short break. Please stay with us. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Welcome back. We have with us this evening on the line joining us from California a student who is a senior at Thomas Aquinas College in uh, Santa Paula, uh, California, as I said. Um, and, you know, before the break, we were talking about, she was telling us about the, the methods and, and the, uh, the incredible education that she's getting from this um, university out there in, in Southern California, well, in California. Um, and it's interesting, Sarah. I, I, it was re- it reminded me of, and I'm going to make a little plug here for for our one of our events that's coming up. We are going to have our fifth annual Bringing America Back to Life Symposium on March seventh uh, and eighth. And opening the symposium this year, we are incredibly fortunate. Oh, I am so I'm so I feel so blessed that we're going to have this incredible man that is going to be there at the breakfast on the seventh on the morning of the seventh, which is Friday the seventh of March. And of course, I am talking about Dr. Charles Rice. I'm sure you are aware of who he is, uh, Sarah. He um, he specialises in constitutional law and pr- jurisprudence. He is yeah. a he teaches law and morality at Notre Dame University, and of course, very much m- much of his work is 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 sort of built around the 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 whole idea of faith and and reason you know so that how the whole thing works together he's of course wrote that book 50 questions on the natural law um so we're going to have dr rice here if anybody out there 
um, would like to be to to come and listen to him. Our tickets are very very affordable. Twenty five dollars for the full day's presentation that will give you about fourteen presentations for twenty five dollars. So you couldn't ask for more. So um, if, if you want to attend the whole symposium, both days. It's $50, $25 per day to come to the presentations. So, of course, if you want to stay for meals, that's a different price. But but really, everybody should be there. The price should not keep you away. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, – uh, on, on our square today, Sarah, we had um, a young fam- – well, a family, a whole family of, of – a fairly large family here in the Cleveland area um, – and every single Saturday morning, this family goes down to our local abortion clinic and prays. They stand there and they, right from, you know, they've got one of the, one of the, one of the members of the family has just graduated from, from college and the, and the youngest one is a first grader. So all ages in between and they all go down together and they pray. Is there any kind of action? That your organization, that your, your school gets involved in, or you personally get involved in, actual action that you do? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, and that's awesome to hear that family really yeah. setting that example. I um, think there's nine of them, and they go down there, and they were telling their story today, or they came up and one by one told what they saw around the abortion clinic. It was, it's, it was just, it was amazing. So, so sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all, not at all. Um, I, I have done that as well and have many friends that, that go down to um, the Planned Parenthood in Ventura, which is about 20 minutes away from our campus here. And um, we do pray. We do, um, you know, different people have cars on campus and they'll say, hey, Friday afternoon, you guys, let's go pray. Let's go yeah. pray down at the abortion clinic. And, and more often than not, Molly, I'm, I'm really happy to say people just jump on that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's one of those things, and, and maybe this family mentioned mentioned this as well, it's it's not really something that you look forward to. You know, you don't look forward to having to stand outside on the sidewalk and, and pray in front of this abortion mill. Um, but it's something that we, we are called to do. Um, and it's something that is, it's one of those things where, where you, you, you witness to the truth and you have to be steady in it. And it's, it's not as if it's a fun thing to do. It is, it's something that's necessary to do. But, you know, we weren't made for, for comfort. We were, we were made for holiness and greatness, and, and it, it seems like that, that family really embodies that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's really where it, it does start and end um, is through prayer. Um, our activism is, is as nothing if, if we you know, aren't sustained by the life of prayer. And um, that's something that I think Thomas Aquinas College also encourages, that you know, being full-time students, we can't engage probably in every in every activity that we might want to, or our hearts might call be feeling called to engage in. Um, but something that we can always do is is to be persistent in prayer, and um, that's really what sustains any activity. I mean, that's what Mother Teresa and John Paul II and um, many of many faithful Catholic and Christian leaders. Um, you see them on their knees. You see them on their knees sometimes even more than you see them up and doing things. Um, so that. That understanding of prayer is 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 so important in, in the actual um, life of prayer. Of course, is just at the heart must be at the heart of any activism that we do. Absolutely, it was so interesting today, uh, Sarah. When when we were on the square, um, 
you know, the kids were all, they, they each, they get, we have a big loudspeaker system set up and everybody was standing there and, and there was young people, you know, it's only, it's only for youth. Anybody up to the age of 27 can talk. We don't allow anybody else to do that. And of course, it oftentimes draws all of the, you know, people that are, that are our, uh, public square is set up in a way that is right in front of what we call Tower City, which is right the center of of the downtown Cleveland area, and we'll have it's a, um, you know we'll have people walking backwards and forwards behind us, and it was so interesting, you know, to, uh, talking about how how this impacts people. There was a, a businessman who walked by behind us, and and he got slower and slower and slower, and he eventually stopped. And I was standing at the back of the crowd, and he stopped. And then started listening and sort of moved over towards me. And, and the, this family was telling about their, their experience of sta- standing outside a clinic. And he came up to and he said to me, you know, this happened to my wife and I too, because they were explaining different things that happened. And there I had this businessman who on his lunch hour must have been so filled with hope and Good for it. You know, the, he was an elderly man. He was obviously been doing it m- many years ago. He said that the, actually the clinic that they used to, the, the mill that they used to stand outside is now closed. So it, it wow. must have been so good wow. for him to see this, to see here, here's the next generation taking over what we were doing. You know, definitely, a, definitely. A, a, an amazing, a, an amazing example of, of when we, when we really do do what we are supposed to be doing. God is always, always there with us. So, you know, phenomenal. I wanted to also talk with you a little bit about um, uh, how do you see the future, Sarah? Um, You know, we've got, we really are facing, we are in some very, very interesting times when it comes to our government, our leaders, our political leaders. Um, How do you see all of this? playing out and what part do you see your generation playing in this and of course i'm talking about things like you know the obamacare the contraceptive mandate all of those types of things that you know the incredible half a billion dollars will be going to planned parenthood under obamacare did you know that i am aware of that billion dollars it's unbelievable how are we going how is your generation going to be able to deal with that i think one of the things that that our generation has to keep in mind is that the sort of leaders that are rising in, within the pro-life movement and within the church are the sort of leaders that are, that need, are equipped to um, speak into these issues. It, it's not enough to just say, um, oh, well, the, this is what my faith tells me or this is what the church teaches. Those things are very important, um, but we need leaders that are able to be equipped to have dialogue on a rational level, um, from natural law, it is against natural law that a human being um, is killed in the mother in the mother's womb. We need leaders that are informed um, to be able to make rational arguments. I mean, I think you've probably um, heard this probably much more than I have, but you know, um, the abortion issue is is not. I don't think fundamentally a religious issue. I think it's a it's a human issue, and it's it's something that involves every single part of humanity. Um, I want to be able to make a case um, when I'm talking with a, with a pro-choice person that, yes, we can talk about faith and we can talk about how, um, you know, God ultimately is victorious and we should get there, but I want to be able to present them an argument from reason, just using simply our, 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 our ability to reason mm-hmm. that this is, this is wrong. This is an evil. This is, a, this is an attack against the natural law. 
Um, and sometimes those conversations lead to a conversation about faith or a conversation about Christ. And I think that's, I think that's how we should expect conversations to go. When we, when we meet someone, when we, when we meet their mind and give them a convincing argument for why it's not right for people to, to be demanded to have contraceptive care in their insurance coverage. It's, it, that, that is, that is unjust. When we can, when we can show from a, from a position of reason that, that that isn't, that position is, is unjust, um, that will make way for further conversations about Christ, about God. Um, so just, I think, pro-life leaders of my generation need to realize that we're, we're coming up against a culture that is very, very anti-religious. So presenting to them religious truths is not always going to be the most effective means to convince them of the truth, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That doesn't say that we shouldn't, that we shouldn't somehow get there, mm-hmm. but we need to make sure we're aware of our audience. We need to be equipped to have dialogue with people who have vastly different worldviews than ours. And um, that's part of um, what I know I, I've been, you know, formed to kind of understand a little bit more here at Thomas Aquinas College is that, you know, as soon as we step outside of the gates of our, you know, circle of familiarity, we're coming up against people with radically different views um, about the world. And so, um, again, just we need to be equipped to be able to, to meet those people with, with graciousness and, and to remember that they have dignity as well, even though they're, um, you know, their mindset is vastly different than ours. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. That I think is, is what will be convincing and, and it's going to take time, I think, and it's going to take a very, a very patient um, generation to, for that to, to come about. Um, Absolutely. And I, I'm looking here at one of the things that you, that, that, that I have in front of me that you had written um, in one of the papers that you presented and you said, so often we students measure our intellect and our accomplishments asking ourselves Questions such as, how well did, do I understand these principles? Do I understand these theorems? These are important questions to ask, and we have to make sure that we map our progress intellectually. But at the same time, I think we have to ask the more probing questions. Is the wisdom that we are learning and gaining truly transforming our hearts, and is it transforming us into saints? I loved that, Sarah, because I think that's it. The saints, um, they live their lives in a way they're saints because they impacted the world greatly, and that's what you're talking about. Yes, yes, and really understood, I think, what what active love looks like. Yeah, um, yeah. The sort of love that I, our culture needs is not an easy self, you know, self gratifying love. It's the sort of love that steers them to the truth and and sustains them in that truth. Yeah. You can't just offer someone the truth and then not help them walk walk through it. You know, yeah. you, you have to present the truth. Speak the truth with love. Yes. Like uh, yeah. one of my favorite, John Paul II, one of, one of my favorite things that he said was that, and it yeah. seems so so true. Yeah. And, you know, and, and yet, and we'll come back when we come back in the next segment, because there, there is a whole, there's a whole program all on its own that we could do is speaking the truth in love. Because I think so often, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, Sarah, so often, as particularly as we are remembering these, you, you know, the, the, the 54 million, uh, 56 million children that have died from abortion, as we speak our truth um, in love, it does not mean to say, however, that we, that we start accepting. And that's the whole, that's the conundrum that we get into sometimes. We're talking to Sarah Dufresne from Santa, from, uh, Thomas Aquinas College in Santa Paula, California. We'll be back with her right after these messages. Please stay with us.
Welcome back to From the Median with me, Molly Smith, as your host on this very, very, very cold day here in, in Cleveland. Um, I, I apologize to all of our young people that were on the square with us today um, who had um, thought that they might hear some of their, talk, their speeches um, being played on my program, but I want to let you know that we tried. However, the recorder froze. The batteries just did not work properly, and so we don't have enough of the the recordings uh, on on file. But we will get you into the studio, and we will have you all read your read your speeches that were unbelievable, just unbelievable. So uh, stay tuned, and I'll be in touch with all of you that, that, that did present on the square today. And we'll put the megaphone up against you again, and you can you can blast out like you did on the square. It was a, a phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal event today. I, I, I feel very, very uplifted. And even more so now as we've got a, a student from the West Coast joining us as well. Sarah Dufresne's been with us for the whole program. Um, she is a senior from Thomas Aquinas College in Santa Paula, California. Um, and she's talking to us about how, um, we go forward in this new world of ours. We are, we have an onslaught, uh, just almost, uh, vicious attacks against anybody who believes that life is sacred from the moment of conception, that life is life, that it is a human life issue. Um, and yet, um, we, before the break, we were talking about leadership and how do we lead in this, in this time. And Sarah, I wanted, you, you brought up an excellent point about, you know, loving, speak your love with compassion and, 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 and live your love with compassion. Um, live it, live the truth, um, in a way that that shows that that love, but there is a challenge in that, and I think you might agree with me. Is that so often we're what we're told is that when we do um, speak the truth with love, um, the way the world looks at that is to say that means you've got to accept my behavior. How do you, as a, as an up and coming leader, how do you respond to that? Yeah, I think I think that is the that is a challenge and um <clears throat> I think first and foremost we do when when we're presented or when we're in contact with someone who has a radically different lifestyle or viewpoint than than we have the the first and and proper response is to love that person and to see them as a child of God uh, made in his image. Um I think one of the things that then has to follow is a is a very clear um, statement of you know this is I, I love you it's all, you know you kind of you kind of that some of that kind of that sandwich technique you know you 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 affirm the person for who they are and for and for the you you, you delight in them for who they are um, and then the next the next move should be you know this is what I think and this is why I disagree with you let me if you don't mind offer you know the reasons for why I disagree with your position um, and then maybe if if you want to. You know, share with me your position. So you dignify the person first and foremost because they are worthy of that. They are worthy of that respect. Um, but then again, after you put the piece of information that you think that they should think about, there's also an opportunity afterwards to affirm them again. So it's it, and I guess that's that's kind of what you were maybe hitting on is that that's kind of a that's kind of a tricky thing to sometimes do because you don't you you want them to hear that they are loved, but the sort of love that I think Christ modeled for us is the sort of love that that calls you up and out of whatever sin or whatever um, exactly. difficulty you're experiencing. And that's really, I think that's really the challenge of the Christian. And I think, I think to live the authentic Christian life is to 
understand that. It really becomes an art. I think there's really a grace in, in being able to say, you know what, I love you, but what you're doing is not okay. And let me tell you why. Yeah. And I think you're better than, than the way in which you're living. You know, I think you are destined for something greater than that. Um, yeah. A lot of people, I think, don't have um, people around them that are telling them that, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, that's part of one of the biggest things about friendship, I think, is that sort of kind of sisterly and brotherly correction. You know, if, mm-hmm. if I'm in the wrong, I, I want to be told that I am so that I can improve. And, um, and I think trying to instill that sort of mentality, you know, we don't want to assume what another person is thinking or feeling. You know, we want to give them the opportunity to lay out their, their position. Um, but we also want to be able to respond to that. So um, I think... And don't yeah, you think this is, it's difficult in this, in this, uh, in this age, Sarah, and, and you, you are much more part of it than I am, but in this sort of 30-second soundbite time, uh, lifestyle that we live, to, to do what you're doing, and that's why I love what Thomas Aquinas is doing, because it's actually slowing you down and saying, hang on a minute, let's talk right. this through. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's very true. And, and it takes, it takes patience. I think sometimes I, mm-hmm. I get a little impatient, you know, when I'm talking with someone who's pro-choice and, you know, it's, it's very clear in my mind, um, the fact that the unborn is biologically a human being, you know, like I can show you from science, I can show you from reason that, that this, this blob of cells that you're speaking of is, is actually a human being. You know, in, in my mind, it's very clear. Um, and it takes, like you said, that, that moment of pause or that moment of kind of recollection to kind of, okay, you know, I know I, I, know I have the argument here. I know I have um, the, right, the right way, but how am I going to make this accessible for this person that, you know, may have never thought of it in the way that I'm thinking of it before? Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think the truth is, should be made accessible and, and the truth ultimately is attractive um, because it, it comes from, from, from God ultimately. And, and trying to show that to people, trying to challenge them, um, is kind of a radical task because there's so many people that are, you know, so against the objective truth. You know, everything's relative and, and therefore I can justify whatever action I might want to do. Um, so trying to respond to that patiently. Because um, I think it can be responded to and I think it, it, it takes, must it, be, it, and it, it we must, must do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I, I, I so totally agree with you, and I think that's that. That's part of what you know. I, I has really been sort of in our minds as an organization here in in the Midwest is just sort of how do we get people to stop just agreeing with everything they hear on the on the night news. Right. To, to just stop for a minute. Stop and think about what this is about. This is not love. This is not compassionate. When, when you say, oh, well, whatever, that's their life, you know, it, it's no, let's think this through. And, and that's a challenge. That's a huge challenge. It definitely is. Yeah. And I think too with the, with, with abortion, um, we, our hearts have to be daily broken about this issue. We have to be daily um, broken and saddened by the fact that there are innocent children being killed in the womb across the country, across the world. Um, that's, that's the proper, I think, um, position and, and sentiment to have is one of, of, of deep sorrow and sadness for, mm-hmm. for the reality. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't rest there. Um, it doesn't, it shouldn't rest there. It, it, that should spur us on to, to greater prayer, to, to greater action. Um, because that's ultimately, I think, what, what Christ calls us to do is to, to realize the problem, realize 
maybe the sin that's upon us and then, and then do something to, to rectify that mm-hmm. um, with his grace, of course. But um, our, we have to, we have to, I think, I think the culture is kind of, we've, we've forgotten what the, what abortion is. Abortion is kind of, you know, this, this term that's, that's kind of under the table and mm-hmm. it's lost its face. And part of what we're doing, I think, and part of what our generation has to really be height, you know, very aware of is that we are trying to put a face back on this issue. We're trying to put a face back on the unborn baby. It's been there all along, um, but our culture has tried to stifle that. And um, yeah. I think that's a very important thing to remember. I don't know about the other listeners out there, but I can tell you what, Sarah, you have filled me again with so much hope because when I hear your your wise words and, you know, you're a senior in high in college and yet you, you've got what some of us, at, you know, much later in, in, in time, and I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I can tell you it's a lot older than that. <laughs> I can, this is just amazing. You know, I, I wanted to, before we end, I, I do want to get to have to, to just read this one paragraph from, from the, the copy of, of a paper that you had put together, and I love it. I just love it. It says, simply put, we are seeking to understand and grow closer to the truth, truth and the wisdom of the Almighty God. And if we are truly desiring this, then we will grow in our love and appreciation in all and in our awe of the Lord. We will see how small we are compared to his goodness. We will see his love has the power to transform our hearts. We will see how great is his love for us. We will come closer to what it, it means to have true humility. That is beautiful. Are you going to do writing when you're done? You've got two minutes to wrap it up. Tell us what you're going to do because I think everybody out here is going to be looking for you as 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 to hire you as soon as you've finished your your degree out there. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you, Molly. And I just want to say you are such an inspiration to me as well. And it's it's been so encouraging for me to get to speak with you and to hear about what what you're involved in and out there in 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 Cleveland. And I just I'm very very encouraged and constantly trying to learn and constantly trying to see, okay, I know this has been done before. How should I kind of follow suit, you know? Um, So just thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, Gosh, if writing were to work into the picture, that would be awesome. Um, Right now, um, a year after I graduate, I um, had mentioned to you, I think maybe the organization Justice for All. Um, I've taken, I've taken a year um, internship with them. Oh, Um, wonderful. Yeah. So that's, that's very exciting. Um, I'll be traveling to train college students across the country um, how to have dialogue. We That's have a, a training well, seminar. Well, we'll have to try to see if we can get you here to the Cleveland area. So Wonderful. I'd love to have you come in and talk to our, our students here. We've been talking to Sarah Dufresne from, from Thomas Aquinas College. She's a senior there in Santa Paula, California. Go to their website, check them out. What an amazing school and what an amazing young lady. Sarah, thank you so, so, so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Molly. It's, it's, it was such an honor to have you on the program. May God bless you and your school. Thank you so much. Take care, all of you out of there, out there. God bless and stay warm. My goodness, it's cold here. Okay, take care. God bless you. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. From the Median is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is listener supported. Visit our website, fromthemedian.org, for further information or to make a donation to continue to make this radio program possible. 
Email us, radionews at clevelandrighttolife.org or call 216-661-3000. Through our fromthemedian.org website, you can purchase CDs of our previous symposiums, learn how you can place a truth booth at your school or church, and stay abreast of upcoming events. Tune in tomorrow night at 9 p.m. to From the Median, only on AM 1220 The Word, as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life.